And so tonight we're looking at joy. Uh, and I think sometimes that people get joy mixed up with happiness. So I think sometimes when you think of a person that is full of joy, you think of a kind of extrovert, somebody that's got a smile on their face, full of life, really excited, happy to be around, buzzing, a little bit, ooh. And um, if that were the case, I probably wouldn't be asking you these questions this evening. No, but you see... <laughs> and, and the first, the first message I've had in, that it says, and I don't know who it's from, it says, can you crack a smile so it looks like you know what joy is? <laughs> is that to you? I don't think so. No, but you see, for people who only ever see me on the platform, they might think I'm quite extrovert and lively and bouncy. It's just the reality for the rest of the life. Oh, come on, I'm quite hands up animated you, hands on the platform. Hands up if you think if Donald is lively and extrovert and uh, bouncy. I'm not even going to look. We've got one, three people and four people in the room. There you go. I rest my case. So I do think that people get this whole idea of joy mixed up with a whole load of other words and emotions. Um, so just start us off. Tell us what you think joy is and how some of these other words are used and get pulled into it when actually they don't necessarily mean that. Yeah, I think it's really... I mean, it is something I thought a lot about this week in preparation for this, because I knew we were going to take this subject, and... Because um, I actually dreamt about this subject. You did? Uh, we're doing this subject because I had a nightmare where I was asked <laughs> this question. I thought, well, let's just do it. Let's just, this is a dream come true. Um, <laughs> for you, maybe, yeah. I do think... I think the first thing to say, what's interesting is in, in the Bible is there is a list of things that are the fruit of, of God's spirit. They are the Galatians 5, 23, the things that when God lives in you, it produces. And joy is, is second after love. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kind do you think goodness. they're in, a, in an order for a reason or do you think they're just randomly written? I wouldn't... I suspect that the latter part is, is random, but I'm, I think there was a reason for love first. Because of what I just talked about from Corinthians, yeah. it's clear in the Bible that love is the thing. Everything else has to flow out of that. So I suspect love, and there may be a reason for joy to be second, but I am not a person that bounces around being excitable, being woo. We've got other members of staff that do that for us. And, uh, Steb. <laughs> um, I think that, that, that joy is a deep, a sense of, I think it's a combination of, of peace, of hope, and of gratitude and expectation, if you like, and then roll together that it sustains you through the difficult times that it takes, if you like, it takes the edge off pain and, and, and fear and sadness and despair. And I guess it, 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 it's the healer of despair. And it, it takes you out of despair into just difficulty <laughs> at times. Uh, whereas happiness is an emotion, it's a feeling that, that can be created by a substance, it can be created by, or it can be impersonated by a substance, it can be impersonated or created 
by things that aren't really making us happy. They just feel something at that moment. And I think joy is not about a feeling that's transitory. It's about a state of being that is eternal. So it's, it's far better than happiness. But there are times when they, they do overlap. So joy is at times happiness, but happiness isn't necessarily joy. That's a rambly, what Yeah, and it's not, it's not a bad thing to be happy. To be happy is no. a good thing. A lot of the things that, that cause us to be happy are healthy and are great. So it's not always substance. It could be other people. It could be family. It could be situations. Yeah. It could be work, a whole host of things. So happiness is a good thing, but it tends to be dictated by our external circumstances. Yeah. The things that are going on around us cause, at times, our happiness, whereas joy is something deeper-rooted, something soulful, something internal. Some might say it is a choice rather than something that we're reacting to, would you say? Uh, I would say that with all the fruit of the Spirit, fundamentally we can't do them on our own, but mm -hmm. fundamentally they don't happen if we don't partner, if we don't mm -hmm. cooperate, if we don't... So there's a, there's a joining of our desire and the Spirit of God within us. Um, I don't think we can make ourselves joyful, but we can choose some of the things that hinder joy or some of the things that help joy. And we can place ourselves in, a, in that place where we're filled with his spirit that brings joy. So we can, I think we, it's much, what's within our control is to, to block and damage and get rid of joy. Mm -hmm. Is it realistic to expect an ordinary person an ordinary Christian to maintain a sense of joyfulness on a daily, regular basis? Or do you think it's far more up and down? Deb read a really brilliant quote this morning at 8.30, which is online if you want to have a look at our call to prayer um, about somebody in immense pain and immense suffering. And yet... In the, in the quotes, there was lament, mm -hmm. which is part of the Bible. We've talked about that before. But I think there was also joy. So I think we can... I think the fruit of the Spirit is not... Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. I think we are enabled to have joy at all times, but it will feel and look different when we're in a period of grief, when we're in a period of danger, when we're in a period of attack, when we're in a period of confusion, it's a different experience to uh, other times, but it's still there. Brilliant. I've got people uh, sending questions in, which is fantastic. I'm going to feed them in at different points. Uh, I just want to throw to you very quickly, how would you simply explain joy to someone who isn't a Christian? So let's strip away Christian jargon and everything else. What is joy? Well, uh, let me put it this way. <laughs> it isn't easy to simply explain, but I would say that there are four elements to joy. And in my head, I remember them. Well, I, I, tried to, I looked at them and I, and I thought I could remember them this way because you know how we have A, B, C, D, but this isn't A, B, C, D. This is F, G, H, I. And, I just, and that helped me. So for me, there are four elements that bring joy that Jesus brings. The, the F is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So knowing that the mercy of God extends to us, that we are forgivable, that Jesus has come and died on the cross for us because he loves us and he wants us in relationship. So that is one whole part of joy. So that's my F. 
The G is gratitude. It's just choosing to look and see where God has answered prayer and to see the, uh, the provision of God, whether it's nature, whether it's uh, in things we particularly asked about, whether it's just in health, whether it's in finance, whether it's that we've got enough food to eat. Whatever despair and difficulty and loss we are going through, we can still find something else that we can be grateful for. And I think that is a really significant thing. Uh, there is always good alongside what's difficult. So you've got forgiveness, you've got gratitude. Uh, my H is hope, that we talked earlier about eternal life, that whatever this life brings and however painful it is, we, will be a, we are invited to join with him for eternity, where all the suffering and all the difficulty and all the injustice is gone and that that far outweighs, and we've said, I say this all the time in questions of life, because for me it's, it's really important, that when we just focus in on this world, that any difficulty seems to last forever, 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. When we're in eternity, there's 40 years without that difficulty, followed by another 40, followed by 400, followed by 4,000, and I, I really believe that. So that hope that whatever is feels insurmountable is offset by knowing there's a time when all is put right. And that brings joy. That brings joy in the deepest sadness. So whatever is going on, I can find joy in, uh, in forgiveness. I can find joy in seeing what God has done. And I can find joy in hope. And my eye, uh, which I had stretched slightly, mm -hmm. is involvement. Because I think when you... The scriptures are talk about God giving us the desires of our hearts. But what really is intended here is that when we get close to God, when we ask him to fill us with his spirit, our desires merge with his desires. And so we get involved with what God is doing. And so the real joy is when you see God at work. So the real joy is to see a baptism, is to see a life turned around, is to see somebody else's prayer answered. See, when we choose self-centeredness and we choose our own agendas, we're just envious and angry at everybody else's good things. But when you choose to get involved with what God is doing and you choose to pray, we have briefly on the, on the screen there, you know, the, um, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. If that is what our heart is, then you continually find joy every time you see it happening, even if it's not happening in your life. And I think joy is bringing those four things together and holding on to them, whatever else is going on in the storm, that we hold on to that God loves and forgives us. We hold on to that he has given us a beautiful creation. He has given us good things, not everything that we've wanted, but good things, everything that we need. That he does give us hope that there is a future. And lastly, that he does say, partner with me and get involved. And when we get involved... We find joy because we're pleased for others. Mm -hmm. And we rejoice with those who rejoice. Whereas if life is just about me, all we can see is our sadness. So how would I answer what joy is? I would say it's living in the knowledge of those four things. Forgiveness, gratitude, hope, involvement. And then if we take that one step further, so in then in cases lots of different other emotions and feelings for those people that are possibly more emotional and feeling. So the whole forgiveness thing is that I feel clean 
and made new, yep. that I don't carry around with me the baggage and the regrets of the past, yep. but I'm set free from that, then the gratitude is a sense of thankfulness, that I, I see the world and my life differently. There's a, there's a different lens that I have to the way that I see things. Mm. It isn't just that everything's not right, but, but I'm far more out looking. And then there's the future of heaven. There's this sense of, I know where I'm going. There's a hope and there's a security. And there's also a comfort that this world isn't all that there is. That actually this is temporary. Yeah. And that there are greater things to come. And then there's purpose was your final thing, wasn't it? Mm. That all of these things together actually do something within us. They strengthen us. They encourage us. They build us up. They give us the ability to exist in life. I mean, someone's uh, messaged in saying, what is the difference between uh, joy and the joy of the Lord? And the Bible often talks about the joy of the Lord giving us strength and other things. Do you want to just... Well, I think that's what we're talking yes. about, the joy of the Lord. These, I would say it's those four things in a, as a total package yep. that we're living in that place. They're, they're all things that God has given. God's given uh, forgiveness. He's given us the things that we're grateful for. He's given us hope, uh, and he's given us a calling and a purpose. So it's all coming from God, but it's living in the, in the knowledge of those things, and that is the joy of the Lord. And it does give strength. And the, and the point is that when, everything else, when other things are difficult, whether it's bereavement, whether it's illness, uh, whether it's uh, a, a, a injustice, whether it's uh, persecution, a conflict, whatever it is, those four things don't go away, mm -hmm. and they give us strength through those things. Yeah. Someone's messaged in and has said this. It is not the rush of emotion that comes and goes, but a quiet hum, a long-lasting sense of calm, peace, and the reminder of what life is about for us. It's remembering that whatever we do, Jesus died for us and wants us to live a life for him, which is what you're saying. So we have this, this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, this wonderful gift that, that God wants to give us, this gift of joy. Sometimes we don't always feel it and experience it. What are some of the things that rob us of that joy that can actually prevent us from feeling it and experiencing it? Well, if we go through my FGHI, I think the first thing is with forgiveness, what we get, we robbed of forgiveness when we don't own up, when we don't confess, when we don't admit, when we, we blame everybody else, when we don't think we've done anything wrong. Pride, that we are good and perfect people. Religious pride is particularly damaging. Religious people, we're prone to it. We think we've got it. And that robs us of experiencing that cleansing because we don't ask God to cleanse us. And, and the, the, the joy comes in saying, I'm a sinner, God, but you love me. And, and it's connected to self-esteem, which is the language of today. Self-esteem is not built up by pretending that we're good. Self-esteem is built up by hearing somebody else saying, you're precious. Mm -hmm. And it's not you're precious because you're perfect, because we're not. You're precious because you're loved and Jesus has paid the price for us. So the first obstacle is just refusing to admit or acknowledge our sin or to try and continue to go along with it and just say, oh, this is the way I want to live my life. I'm going to carry on doing the stuff that I know God wants to cleanse me from. But if we carry on doing it, in a sort of rebellious, arrogant way. We're never cleansed. We just feel rubbish about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there's just no joy. 
But the joy comes saying, God, I'm sorry, will you, will you help me with this? Mm-hmm. So that's my first that's one. That's your first one, yep. Uh, what was, so uh, where did we get to? Gratitude. So I yep. think that one of the things that, that stops us being grateful is, is, I think there's a discipline to gratitude. Um, Paul talked about it the other week when he was looking for Philippians. Uh, I've had my happy hand. There's a discipline about saying to God each day, what am I grateful for? There's a discipline too about coming, which this is talking to the convert. I'll talk to the video folks. There is a discipline about coming into God's people and worshiping. Mm -hmm. And worship really brings joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that there are lots of reasons why at the moment we can't all gather together, but for those of us who are not yet felt able to come back into the building, I want to encourage you to set that as a goal and to pray towards that because it is hard to find joy on your own. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. But when you are in a company of faith and a community of gratitude who are singing it out, I mean, I would guess that everybody in the room here would say, if not tonight, at other times, we have experienced being cheered up by worship. It's as simple as that. There is a spiritual dimension to together giving thanks. I would say also, which I completely agree with, but I think there's also a spiritual dimension that if you are on your own, so I know some people first thing in the morning when they get up, they'll put on some worship music because life's a bit tough and they want that sense of, I want to engage, interact and be filled with the truth and with the sense of God's presence. So I completely agree that there's something about coming. But sometimes, for me in my life, there have been times when life has been dark and difficult and that's given me strength and an inner joy and certainty. I'm not on my own. And I, absolutely. And I think linked to that is the knowledge and the, the feeding on Scripture. Absolutely. And that you know what God is saying about us, yeah. about his mercy, that you know what he feels about us, that you are able to resist all the lies of our culture mm. and you know the promises of God. And, and I think, again, daily to be in Scripture brings that sense of gratitude. This is the God that loves me. This is the God that's that's reached out to me and come for me and that brings joy it definitely does i remember in a really difficult time in my life i decided that i was going to learn a different promise of god uh each week i couldn't do it every day because i'm not that intelligent um but i tell you that was so powerful because there were moments when i was struggling and somehow the holy spirit would bring to mind just the right promise of god that spoke in and built me up in that sense of this is all right, I can do it. I think scripture is so, so powerful. Absolutely. We need to not just watch it on YouTube or read books about what other people have said and experienced. They're all great, but dive into it. Get stuck in and read it for yourself. And, and the thing is, we're talking about what, in a sense, God is wanting to give us joy. It's what mm-hmm. we do that robs us of it. And one yeah. of the things we do is to shut the Bible and say, I'm not going to read. Yep. I'm not going to... And, and to shut off from, from gratitude and thanksgiving and worship. And one of the really helpful things we can do is if we struggle to read the Bible, then maybe try and find another person that you can read it with. That, that together, I mean, we have small groups, lots of things in our church. If you wanted to talk to Deb about getting involved in a small group or just the whole getting into the Bible, then I'd encourage you, because sometimes we look at it and we think, I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do. 
uh, but I want to encourage you, just there'll be other people in the same position. I think we're so proud, uh, and we think everybody else has got it sorted. One of the things I love about having the Bible on my phone is that I don't have to try and remember opening the Bible where each book is. I was forever embarrassing myself because I did not know where the books of the Bible were. And uh, my housemate can sing all the books of the Bible one after the other. So she would like sing. I've got no clue. I love it being on the phone. That's the my problem, admission. The, the problem for me is I can't remember where all my apps are on, on my phone. <laughs> so I'm just, just oh, what page is, is the Bible app on? Should be on your first page. Should be right there, front and centre, minister. That's what I've got wrong in life. It is. <laughs> If that's the only I thing you've got going on. I can't believe I've confessed to that. Well yes. done. I've confessed, you know, I've been four years at Bible college. I don't know where all the books of the Bible are. We've got Deb. Deb knows all these things, which is fantastic. So we're looking at what robs us yep. of joy. Do you so want me to carry on? Keep gonna... going with your robbing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think, so with the hope thing, I think one of the things that robs us of joy is if we do not have a focus on, on eternity. Mm. Um, you know, one of, I know this is one of your favourite verses, one of my favourite verses, uh, 2 Corinthians 4. For we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. And we have to consciously, let's go back to the scripture, mm -hmm. but it's just check ourselves. Yeah. Say, am I, am I living as though this is all there is? And coming to a place in a community where we're focusing on what God is going to do as well as what he is doing. Yeah. And, and mm. just challenge sometimes the thinking, because all of our culture is, this moment is all you've got. Mm. And that's so damaging to our mental health because we just feel in despair. If this is all mm. there is, crikey. Mm. Absolutely. And so I, I do think trying to lift our eyes and focus on Jesus and focus on what he's done, what he's going to do is really important. And I think, again, it calls on the importance of having people around us that help us to do that, particularly mm. when life is difficult. Mm. Because sometimes we can just head down, this is awful. Whereas you've got someone else that says, let me pray with you. Let me help you. Let me walk with you. Mm. This isn't, again, an individual thing. This is a, we do it as a community. We spur each other on and encourage each other. Absolutely. It goes out to that teamwork thing. Yes. And, and, and I guess the last thing of this thing about involvement is that I think the more we pray, the more for others, the more we find joy at seeing what God is doing. Mm -hmm. But the more our prayers are just, God, make it okay for me. Mm -hmm. And we're not praying for the kingdom, we're just praying for our own lives. And it's important to bring our needs to God. You know, we bring our daily bread, that's, far, that's absolutely important. But the more we have a sense and a hunger to see God do things, the more we weep over Birmingham, whether, uh, whether, the more we, we care about what's going wrong in our workplace, the more we are really feeling that, we, that, that, that the people we know need Jesus in their lives, the more that grabs hold of us, the more we pray into that, the more joy we have because we're less preoccupied with ourselves and we, we become aware of what God is doing. Um, I, th I think, again, it's a quote I've used lots and lots of times. Um, but, uh, and, and I think it's a quote of Bono, but I think Bono might have been quoting it from somebody else. Uh, but he talks about um, a pivotal moment in his life where he stops asking God to bless him. And uh, this is, it, 
25, 30 years ago he's talking about. He stops asking God to bless him. And he says, starts to say to God, what are you blessing? I'm going to get involved in it. Mm -hmm. In other words, he starts to look for what God is doing mm -hmm. and, and get involved with where God is rather mm -hmm. than saying, come to me, God. Yeah. And I, I've, I've always found that really profound. And I think that joy does come in seeing God at work. Mm -hmm. But if you're not looking or you don't care, mm -hmm. you don't see it. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I'm a, I, am a, I am addicted to baptisms. <laughs> I think that when you see a life turned around, it's contagious. Mm. Uh, and I, I want to just continually encourage us to pray for these things because then we find joy in God doing stuff, even if he's not doing what we wanted. Mm. I would just throw in two other things that I think robust of joy. I think the first one is being too busy and not having a balanced life with everything out of kilter. Sometimes that's not possible and I've got a couple of questions for you about that. Second thing I think that robs us of joy is the unhelpful use of social media. I think social media is really helpful and really good when it's used properly, but I think all too often uh, we can look at what other people have put and compare and comes into the gratitude thing. Oh, we lose sight of what we have and we look at other people and they have all of these things. And so I think there's a two-way responsibility with social media and with our lives. I think firstly, there's the responsibility for us not to compare ourselves to others. But I think secondly, as a community, it would be great if somebody put a photograph of themselves looking really ugly or their children screaming and not the perfect life. Because I think we can project all of these things, aren't I perfect, aren't I wonderful? No one's perfect or wonderful. Wouldn't it be great if we put some dodgy, not dodgy pictures up, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think you'll find all the photos of me that appear on social media are not great. <laughs> no. No, it's like these devotionals and the things that we do. You get to the point where you think, do you know what, I just don't care. I'm, rocking, I'm in a jumper tonight and it's like whatever degrees outside and my hair isn't brushed. And you get to the point where I encourage you because you think she looks like a tramp and we all look great. <laughs> That's what I do. But in all seriousness, I think social media has its place and is really yeah. good, but it's also... Comparison and envy is robs an absolute yeah. killer. Yeah. Absolute killer. Right, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, so let me find them. Firstly, how do we focus on joy when it's 4 a.m. and the concerns of life are keeping us awake? Or is it that joy is cultivated in times of normality and sustains us? in those 4 a.m. moments? I don't think I would focus on joy. I don't think joy is an end. It's, I think I'd focus on those four other things and you'd be surprised. It's a great book, isn't it? Surprised by Joy. You'd be surprised mm -hmm. that joy has come. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, I, I, I don't think we should go around saying, how do I, I, I need to be more joyful. I think if you, I think that's, that's too feeling orientated in my head. I think I want to focus on how do I, how do I be more honest with God and experience his mercy more? How do I find gratitude and thankfulness, build that in worship? How do I allow scripture to give me hope? And how do I pray that thy kingdom come? If I focus on those four things that I can do, 
I think joy will come. See, Jesus didn't come into the world. I'm going to, you know, let me guess. The trouble with these questions of life and the reason why they're so popular is they say things I hadn't planned to say. Everything I plan to say, nobody watches, but everything that comes out <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> I don't think Jesus came into the world to bring joy as the, as the, as the thing. He came into the world to bring salvation, to bring peace, and joy comes out of that. And I think it's slightly going the wrong angle to say, God, give me joy. I would say, God, give me forgiveness, give me gratitude, give me hope, and give me a desire to see what you are doing and be involved with what you're doing. If we have the desire for those four things, the joy will come. I still don't think it's a bad thing to pray for joy. So uh, okay. someone, someone sent this in, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We often pray for strength slash perseverance in difficult situations, but don't pray for joy in the same circumstances. Maybe we underestimate and misperceive joy, particularly in times of difficulty. So I think it's a twofold thing. If you're at four o'clock in the morning stressing and in a time of difficulty, it's very difficult to think, what were those four things that Donald said? If I do X, Y, and Z, then I'm going to feel joy. It's not going to happen. Mm. So I don't think it's wrong in those times to say, okay, God, in your word, it says that we're to be filled with the Spirit. One of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Would you fill me now with all the fruit of the Spirit, with peace, joy, strength, all of those things that at this particular time, I may, I may know your peace, I may know your joy, I may know you with me. Do you see what I mean? I think, uh, I think uh, it's both. I yeah. think you can't just say, right, I'm going to do these four things. I think there is an element of God just supernaturally meeting us in that place of struggle at 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. He's not convinced. I'm not convinced. Well, I, no, I, th I don't think this, it's not a problem to pray for joy. I, I think, I do think strength and hope and peace are more often prayed for mm -hmm. in the Bible. And they are all, it's a little part of the package. I do think it's neglected joy. I think you're right. And I think that, that, that I don't think there's any problem with praying for joy, but I would pray she for She needs a lot of prayer, doesn't she? She, she bless her, she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it, I would also pray for pray, peace and strength and hope. And having said all of that, I do know uh, a friend of our family, uh, she lost her son when he was 11 on a coach trip overseas. And she's a Christian, was absolutely devastated. And um, she would find joy and peace and the ability and the strength to carry on each day by praying for all of those people that she knew, particularly lads of her son's age that didn't know Jesus, that they would know Jesus. Mm. This whole thing that you're saying. Actually, she took the focus off herself. And there was pain and there was torment and all of that. I'm not saying it was a miracle cure, but actually there was something significant in turning her eyes off herself and focusing on the kingdom and on all of those things. That was really helpful. See, uh, one of the... Uh, yep, I'm doing yep. a digression. So one of the things that I thought a lot about this week is I kept asking myself, do I have joy? And I don't know whether there'll be people like me who are not, um, we're not, I'm not overtly emotional. <laughs> so it kind of worried me, do I have joy? And what helped for me was to try to say, well, do I have the opposite of joy? 
And I can honestly say, I don't, I'm not bitter. I'm not in despair. I'm not angry with God. I'm not fearful. And so I concluded that I do have joy. I, I, I think that is, a, I think that's what God has given as me. And I think that, that perhaps me over worrying as to whether I was apparently joyful it was not necessarily, I think, I think, I, does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I've got one more question for you, and then I'm going to throw you a final question. Uh, question that's come in, how do you stay joyful when you are finding your routine very busy or on days when you're feeling very tired? I, I think everyone who lives around me would say, I don't. <laughs> so uh, that's... I think, I think that we've talked before about this rhythm of rest and refreshment. Mm -hmm. And so there will be seasons when life is very busy. There will be days when life is very busy. There will be a week when life is very busy. We have to make sure that it is a very short season. Mm -hmm. And that if our life is consistently at that pace, then we've got to, to try and make some, some, some changes. So it's about knowing where we put the discipline of rest in and where what, and we, we discover and know the things that really refresh and really rebuild. Um, the, danger, uh, the, the danger is that we sort of run at some aimless pace for no apparent reason. And it seems to me that there is a part of the week when we work hard for the kingdom of God and there's a part of the week where we rest and we receive and we... Re and the two have to be in balance, otherwise we get skewed one way or the other. Um, and in those busy moments, I'm not consciously going, am I joyful today? I think for me, if I go back a stage, the priority is, am I loving today? Whatever busyness I am, I have to be loving. Whatever else is going on, because if I have all the faith that can move mountains, the end of Corinthians 13, you know, I do think Corinthians 13 is, we've, it's not about weddings. And I've preached it so many times at weddings, and I love it, and I love preaching at weddings. Please keep choosing it for, my, for me to preach on at your wedding. But it's about life. And he says, uh, you know, faith, uh, 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 he says that, you know, love, joy, and peace, but the greatest of these is love. And so I think if I'm in the really busy things, I think I need to focus on being loving, and I think the joy will take care of itself. I wouldn't be hung up in saying, well, how do I keep... You know, because the other part of it is being honest. If we're stressed, there's no point pretending we're happy. And, and I don't think a fake religious smile is really particularly helpful. I'd rather say to people, you know, I am stressed, I am anxious, I'm apologize that I'm being grumpy. I need, I need to focus on my love and everything else will, I think, flow out of that. Does that make sense? Brilliant. Final thing uh, I'm going to ask you, and maybe the worship we want to think about coming back up as I ask you this question. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, the why we make disciples. We've talked about how. We've talked about a lot of the elements of um, 
what becoming a Christian, how it can change us and change the world. Maybe there's someone here tonight or someone watching at home that is not yet a Christian. Maybe they're asking questions. Maybe they're searching. We'd obviously encourage them to come to Alpha. It starts in a couple of weeks where we explore lots of different questions about Christianity. But for that person that's maybe just thinking about it, how would you encourage them to continue to pursue that? What are some of the steps and the reasons behind those? Um, well, I would say that ask Jesus into your life. <laughs> I'll put it as simply as that. That, that. What does that mean? Okay, so what that means is we say to Jesus, look, I don't necessarily understand everything, but there's something that you're doing in me, or I'm interested in this, and I'm stirring. Will you come into my life? That will probably involve us fairly soon saying, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm not what you created me to be. It will probably involve fairly soon going, crikey, you love me. Mm. And I'm I'm worth dying for. Mm -hmm. Christianity is explained by the cross. Jesus dies and rises again. Mm -hmm. In one sense, you could add in Christmas if you really want, but what you really need to know is that Jesus has died a death that we don't need to die mm -hmm. eternally, and he's risen to prove it. So I would ask Jesus to say, Lord, if Jesus, if you're there, come in and I would come to Alpha or wherever Alpha is going on near us and I would ask all the questions that we've got and you will tell you things that will make you ask more questions. Most people have more questions at the end of Alpha than they do at the it's beginning. Yep. We will tell you things that blow your mind about Christianity. We, we, we really only come to Jesus in humility and saying, I need you mm -hmm. and I've messed up. Mm -hmm. Will you come? And I think, I think that's the beginning. Mm -hmm. Find you get yourself in a place where the Bible's explained. Uh, log on, Ezra, John, the other sermons that folks put up, the daily devotionals that we do. There's a whole backlog of questions. We have done so much stuff over the last 18 months. You could watch it all day, for, well we put out stuff where you could watch it all day for the next 18 months so there's oh, no dear. excuse, there's loads, if you don't know how to read the Bible, we've spent hours, there's a back catalogue you could even find Soupgate and the great <laughs> mistake of that questions of life that went wrong so basically we are saying if you're searching, don't worry if you don't have all the answers, don't worry if you don't know completely what is going on just take that step towards Jesus and say, if you're there, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you and begin to follow you. Find a church, find an alpha group, and Bob's your uncle and you're filled with joy. Deep. <laughs> That's me. Anything else you want to say? I only that one of the things that makes me nervous about all these things is there is absolutely no way that I know what I'm talking about most of the time. <laughs> Please just, it's to get you thinking and, and pray and seek God for yourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much.